So here at St. Mary's, as we continue to build our new church, there is a great excitement for our Aggie Catholic family. So as the gospel teaches us today, before we started building the foundation of our Fighting Texas Aggie new church, we had to make sure that we had enough money, the right engineers, architects, and materials so that we, could, so that we did not build in vain and failed to complete the project. As our new church is being built, we also want to make sure, as we the church, all of us as the body of Christ, are also aware of some of the foundations and details of how the church asks, asks us to worship as a people of God. So as our first reading said today, who can conceive what the Lord intends? How do we know how to worship God and what he desires? So any single individual here, even myself included, are priests, are mortal, are finite mortals, beings trying to live and worship according to God's design and plan. So whether it is worship on Sunday or how to interpret scripture, we believe that the Holy Spirit works through scripture. Over 2,000 years of sacred tradition and through the magisterium, which is the Pope, the cardinals, and the bishops. And these all help us to understand how God desires for his people to worship him. So therefore, today at all the Masses, um, we are kind of giving a similar homily as we desire for the Aggie Catholic family to be of one mind and heart connected to the Catholic Church across the world in regards to the centrality of the Mass, of the Mass to our Catholic faith, especially in our reverence and devotion to the Scripture as well as the Most Holy Eucharist. So we recognize that many of you might not have received catechesis or teaching as a child about the Mass. Or maybe it's always good to get a refresher from time to time. And we hope to help form your prayer and liturgical life as a disciple of Jesus Christ while you're here at Texas A&M, Texas A&M Blinn, and beyond. So in all of this, we desire to have the truth on our minds and the love of your souls on our hearts. So this is not my teaching, um, but the teaching of the the authoritative teaching of Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. So, maybe over the summer, you had the chance to go to some backyard barbecues. Maybe many of you or some of you were on a tailgate yesterday. Maybe some other family gatherings as well with friends. These events are full of joy. They're usually full of celebration and life. In light of these meals or gatherings that we are so fond of, I'd like to invite you to envision the Mass as a banquet, the Lord's banquet, that you are invited to every single Sunday. So when you go to do a dinner party or one of your friends, you take time to prepare for the party. In some sense, you think about what you're going to wear. You think about what the logistics of the party might be, if you should bring anything. Maybe you also would arrive a little early to see if there's any help to set up, or at least you show up on time so that you don't miss the cocktails and the dinner. In a similar way, we need to ask ourselves, how are we preparing for Mass each Sunday? For the Lord's banquet that we are invited to each week. I would encourage you to read the Sunday readings before you come to Mass, which you can easily find online or through apps. If you read the scripture before coming to Mass, when you hear them during the Mass, you will be able to receive the Word of God more clearly. This will help with the distractions during Mass as well. Also, I encourage you to dress nicely for Mass. Depending on how we dress helps us to show the importance and value or the value that we put on an event, right? 
I think there is something wrong. We dress the same as we might for a tailgate, um, as you would for a Sunday Mass. So I encourage you to take the extra effort to dress up for Mass, for it is a sign of love and devotion to God, and also affects how you participate in Mass. Once you arrive at the Lord's banquet, it's always good to greet the host as well. So when you arrive at Mass, come, kneel down in the pew, and say a prayer to God, letting Him know what is going on in your life. Begin to calm your heart and mind so that you can enter into the worship with fewer distractions. Also, it's good to remember that at our baptism, you can bring an offering or a prayer request at every Mass to be united with the priest's offering at the Mass. So when you arrive at church, Take a moment to pray about what your offering or your intention might be. Remember, we come to Mass not to be entertained, maybe like at a tailgate or a party, but we come to Mass to worship our God because he asks us to do so every Sunday. We come to worship him. It's the center of all that we do. It is the priest that is offering the one sacrifice on behalf of the people. So throughout the Mass, the priest is praying to God the Father on our behalf. So we come to Mass with this perspective of worship instead of coming to Mass to be entertained, then we will encounter the Mass as it is intended to be, not as a performance, but as worship of our mighty God. The choir and all the liturgical ministers here help us to do this. Finally, at the end of the dinner party, it would be rude to skip out early during the meal. Instead, you will wait until the meal is over, then thank the host and properly say goodbye. So also for Mass, I encourage you to stay for the entire Mass. Leaving early for Mass points to what you value. As the saying goes, our actions speak louder than our words, right? We have seven Masses here at St. Mary's. Um, early in the morning, if you like an early Mass. Late in the evening, if you're busy in the morning, or you got, hopefully got all your studying done first, right? Um, so choose one of the Masses that allows you to stay for the entire time for Mass that you can give a full hour to God each Sunday. Also, it's good to practice to say, a good practice to say a short prayer of thanksgiving after Mass, to thank God for the gifts of the Mass and uh, for all the blessings that you have received in your life and even to ask for a certain grace or intention as you go forth from the Mass back into the week. All right, now we'll just take a, a couple of minutes just to speak a little bit about the Eucharist, the source and summit of everything we do here at St. Mary's, right? and in our Catholic Church. The Eucharist stands at the center of the church's life and is a source and summit of the Catholic faith. Right? Everything in the life of the church and the spirituality of a Catholic flows from our belief and reception of the Eucharist. So as Catholics, we believe that the Eucharist is truly God's body and blood, soul and divinity. It is the real presence of Jesus Christ. In the Catholic Church, we believe that it's not a symbol, but it truly is Jesus Christ. Many of our Protestant brothers and sisters believe communion is a symbol, but we do not. We believe, again, that it is truly Jesus who is present in the Eucharist. This foundation of the Catholic faith comes from Jesus' teaching from the Last Supper. It's also rooted in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, and it's found in numerous documents of the early church. And we have held this belief for over 2,000 years. Now, it can take a lifetime to be able to try and fully understand the Eucharist. So be patient with yourself and continue to ask, you, ask God for grace to truly believe in his presence. But it's a great mystery, similar to the teachings of the Trinity or the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. 
And it takes faith to believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we hope that as we grow in our faith throughout our life, the central teaching of Catholicism grows in our hearts and our minds as well, becomes the center of our lives. Receiving the Eucharist presupposes that you are in full communion with the Catholic Church. So a requirement to receive the Eucharist is that you are already in communion or union with the Church. So this has been a teaching from the very beginning of the Church since the Apostles. So what would be reasons that you might not be in communion with the body of Christ and therefore should not receive the Eucharist? So first off is looking at our sins, right? Should not receive the Eucharist when you come to Mass. You still have to come to Mass. Um, but we're, and as I said, we're all sinners. But in order to receive something so special and sacred as the body of Christ, our souls need to be in the proper state to receive God in such a mystical and intimate way. So if you committed a grave sin, refrain from receiving the Eucharist until you have gone to confession. Here at St. Mary's, we have confession Monday through Saturday from 4 to 5 p.m., so plenty of opportunities. And most days, we even have two, if not three, priests. Remember, to be a mortal sin, you must first know that the sin that you are committing is a sin. The sin must also be of grave matter, and that you must be in full freedom of committing the sin. Some of these sins would include missing Mass on Sunday intentionally, so knowing that you should come, having time to come, and you still choose not to. If you're sick, it's not a mortal sin. Purposely getting drunk, purposely having premarital sex, looking at pornography, doing drugs, using birth control. All of these sins are grave, and they cut us off from the body of Christ. But it's great. Here in the church, we have confession. So going to confession allows us to be reunited with Christ and to be in communion with the church again. So fear not, though. We are all growing as disciples together as broken people. So Jesus and we as the staff here at St. Mary's want to keep walking with you as you desire to turn away from these sins, to heal from past trauma in your life, and choose to live a life for Christ. So second, you shouldn't receive the Eucharist if you are not Catholic. So it's awesome here at St. Mary's. Um, we have a lot of Protestant brothers and sisters who come to Mass here. We have a lot of our Catholic students who bring friends, um, even those who are there are dating to Mass here at St. Mary's as well. And it is our responsibility as Catholics to help to tell our friends that they are not able to yet receive the Eucharist when they come to Mass and to share with them the reasons. So therefore, it's important for all of us to know why. So there's just kind of two reasons to keep in mind. The first is that receiving the Eucharist, as I said a minute ago, presupposes communion or union with the Catholic Church. So only those who are baptized and believe all the teachings of the Church are to receive the Eucharist. Number two, when the priest says the body of Christ, when we come up for communion and we respond, amen, amen basically means I believe. So when you say amen, you believe that it truly is the body of Christ. So if a person doesn't believe in the Eucharist as a real presence, they would be going against their conscience. So you, if you have a Protestant friend who does believe in the real presence of the Eucharist, then you should direct them to our RCIA classes, Rite of Christian Initiation for Adults, 
They can learn about all the teachings of the church and become Catholic and then receive. So just in advance, I'd like to thank each and every one of you for inviting your friends who aren't Catholic to come to Mass and being able to explain and help them to understand why they are not yet able to receive the Eucharist when they come to Mass. So it's a hospital gesture and it helps them to feel more comfortable while they're here with us. So remember that there is a negative consequence for receiving the Eucharist if you are not in a proper state to receive. St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, whoever eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord unworthily will have to answer for the body and blood of the Lord. So a person should examine himself and so eat the bread and drink the cup. For anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgment on himself. So it's important for us not to receive the Eucharist if we are not in a worthy state. Whether we are Catholic or not, because of the damage it does to our souls. If we do receive in an unworthy state, we should bring that up in confession as well. So what happens during communion time if you're not receiving the Eucharist? If you're not receiving the Eucharist when you come to Mass, of course, you can stay in your pews and enter into a time of silent prayer. Or you can even come and receive a blessing. Of course, as you come up before the Eucharistic ministers, crossing your hands over your chest and receive a blessing. Now, some of you might say, hey, Father, it's embarrassing not to receive. I sit there in the pew and everybody is walking by and they see me sitting there. Well, firstly, I just encourage you not to judge your brother or sister who doesn't receive because we don't know why the others aren't receiving. Maybe it's because of a sin they committed. Maybe they accidentally ate food before the hour fast, before communion. Or maybe because they have already been to Mass that day. Also, sometimes it is a humbling moment not to receive the Eucharist. And that also can be good for our souls and help us to stray away from grave sin. Cool. So let's talk about real quick receiving the Eucharist reverently and properly. So it's important that we receive the Eucharist properly and reverently when we come to Mass, come to receive. Because even the smallest particle or crumb of the host or a drop of the precious blood contains, we believe the entire um, is truly the body of Christ and the real presence of Jesus. So first, when we receive the Eucharist, you come forward before the Eucharistic minister. Usually I say as a person in front of you is receiving, you can do a simple bow to the um, body of Christ that is there present or a simple bow um, to the precious blood that is there before you. Um, we're also able to receive in two different ways, right? Many of us are familiar with this on your hands. So if you put your hands out, um, you can form a little throne. And then with the opposite hand, you pick up the Eucharist and you consume the Lord. If you find any crumbs on your palm, you're able just to you know, dab them and pick them up and receive them as well. You can also come forward and stick out your tongue, um, sticking your tongue out, and we will place the host on your tongue and you can receive in that particular way as well. So it's great to let you know you haven't heard starting in the middle of September, actually on September the 14th, we will once again have the option to receive the precious body, or excuse me, the precious blood at each Sunday mass. So the precious blood is coming back. So as was the teaching before COVID, it's great to know that one species, whether it's the bread or the wine, contains the fullness of Jesus in the Eucharist. So therefore, it is always optional to receive the precious blood, and it is up to your discretion whether you choose to do so. Similar to receiving the Eucharist and the host, 
please bow before the cup minister or before the precious blood. Please be careful when consuming the precious blood so not as to spill or to drip the blood into, onto the floor. And it's always good just to take a little sip, kind of realizing there's more people behind you to receive as well. So again, just to realize that the fullness of communion isn't for the person who receives both the body and the blood, but the fullness of Jesus is in the body as well as in the precious blood. So you don't have to receive both, um, you, but you can. So those will be available here, again, the precious blood here in a couple of weeks. So my hope is that all of you will continue to grow in your devotion to the Mass and to, or the sacred liturgy, which is our public worship, and, allows, and allow it to transform your life as students and as disciples of the Lord. So two ways that you can continue to grow in your understanding of the Mass during this semester. The first one is if you got a little spare time or looking for some reading to read, is to read a book called A Biblical Walk Through the Mass. This is written by Dr. Edward Shree, and it's very easy to read, and it kind of breaks down what's going on at all the different parts of Mass. And another um, thing that you can do this semester is come to daily Mass, maybe once or twice a week. Uh, daily Mass is a great opportunity to um, receive the Eucharist and continue to grow in your belief and understanding of Jesus, to hear his word, and continue to deepen your faith. So we have the Mass each week here, uh, Monday through Friday, from 12 p.m. and at 5.30 p.m. as well. Now, on Thursday at noon, it's not here, but it's at the All Face Chapel on campus. So if you're on campus on Thursday around noon, Come and join us at the All Face Chapel. Kind of cool to go to Mass on a public university. So come and join us at Mass. So my brothers and sisters, we conclude with the reminder that the word Mass means in Latin to be sent. Which is kind of interesting. Misa est, to be sent. Therefore, after we worship our Lord and receive him both in the Word and in the Holy, Most Holy Eucharist, then we are called to go. We are sent forth back into the world, right? We receive the best food here, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. So we are sent forth as, a Jesus, as the deacon or priest proclaims at the end of Mass. And we are sent to be Christ to our roommates, to our friends, to our family. To be Christ on campus, to be Christ to the poor, to be Christ to the lonely, to be Christ to the world. Thank you for listening to Aggie Catholic Homilies. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Be sure to check out our sister podcast, Aggie Catholic Talks, to hear talks from Magnify, Catholicism 101, and more. Thanks, God bless, and gig em.